today's Leading Women episode 205 with the wonderful Catherine Pisco. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Catherine Pisco. Catherine Pisco is the founder of Unearth the World, pairing volunteers with nonprofits. After years of working in corporate America, she took a nine-month career break with her husband and traveled the world doing a mix of personal travel and volunteer work. This experience inspired her to create her own social venture that helps pair individuals with international nonprofits in a responsible way so that others can experience the transformative power of travel. Their mission is to connect volunteers with vetted international organizations that are focused on positively impacting social change. So women of the world, Ms. Catherine Pisco, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so great to be a part of this. We are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So Catherine, I really love what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind a niche? Sure. So it was uh, interesting. My hus- As you mentioned, my husband, Mike, and I had been in corporate America working in sales and sales management training for about nine years for major corporations. And uh, we weren't not enjoying it, but uh, decided that we needed something a bit more, had the opportunity to take a year career break with the idea behind it just basically being let's travel and do some volunteer work along the way. So what started as kind of a a passion journey for us, uh, we didn't go in intending to start a business, but some of the things we saw and learned along the way, um, we realized we we absolutely had to if we could. So we did five different volunteer projects while traveling internationally. We um, worked at a school in Nepal, taught English in Cambodia, um, worked at a children's home in Thailand, a school and orphanage in Ghana, and uh, we're involved in a building project uh, in Zambia. And it was, you know, these five experiences were by far the the highlights of our nine-month career break. Um, They were truly transformative in so many positive ways, but we also 
um, saw a lot of the negatives in this industry, which is actually called volunteerism. It's basically uh, volunteering while you're traveling in a destination. Uh, there's some major uh, problems with the industry as it is now. There's sometimes a lack of financial transparency or a lack of focus on the local community, little to no training at some times for the volunteers. So on the trip, we're like, we see how amazing this can be, but we also see some of the problems that uh, we kind of made a pact if one of the two of us was fortunate enough when we got home to get a, a um, paying job that could help put food on the table, the other person would um, really try our hand at, at starting a small business to approach volunteerism in an ethical and responsible way and really kind of harness this transformative power of travel. And I lucked out because Mike got a job before we even returned home. So I've been, um, ever since we returned back, really trying to um, to do this in a really responsible way. And so far, it's even just meeting fellow people who are interested in volunteer travel has been really inspiring. So it's, um, I guess, what started off kind of as, as a passion turned into a business. And it's been, you know, we haven't really looked back, but it's been, it's been really exciting so far. Passion turned to business. And I love the word volunteerism. It's volunteer travel. I haven't heard that word and I love it. And <laughs> I never had either. And it's funny if you Google it now, there it's a huge industry, you know, um, millions of even tens of millions of Americans in, are involved in it. Um, it's really grown and you'll read both positive and negative things about it. But um, I love the concept behind it. If done you know, like I said, really ethically and responsibly, it can it can be really amazing. Yes, absolutely. I love the concept as well. Now, what was that defining moment, you know, that's prompted you to start a business and made you say, this is my business? Uh, that's a great question. Well, um, I would have to say there's two moments. One was, I think I had mentioned uh, the five projects we did, and all of them were, were amazing in many regards. But there was one project in particular in Thailand where we kind of saw some of the negatives of volunteerism firsthand and, you know, inspired us to really say, we have to do something about this. But it wasn't until, um, it was actually our last city that we were on before heading back um, during our, our, our time away from corporate America. We were in Turkey having a cup of tea um, next to the Bosphorus River and, we looked at each other and we said, okay, we've been talking the entire trip about wanting to do something uh, to positively impact the world and um, positively impact this industry. Um, can we do it? And uh, we just kind of talked and reminisced about our projects and, and what we really saw for our lives down the line. And um, the more we talked, the more we knew it was uh, a no brainer that we, we absolutely had to try to do it. So I would have to say it was after that Thai, Thailand um, volunteering project and then sipping tea in uh, Istanbul, um, we decided we had to had to go for it. And, you know, like I said earlier, haven't really haven't looked back yet. Wow. What a defining moment those must be. I mean, when you saw that there was a need that you could actually make things better while you were there in, in Thailand as a result of your experience and then sitting with the tea in, in Istanbul. Wow. And thinking through this, making, you know, make, uh, thinking about, okay, there is something that there is an opportunity here that we can do something about. And you know what, that's 
more often that's how an idea came, comes about or are born. So for our listeners out there, maybe you had this great idea. Maybe you, you're not sure. But if you think about it, if you have time to like ponder about the, an idea, when especially when you see something, especially when you see a need that you know you can do better or that you know that you can provide a better solution for it, that's that often is a birth of a great business idea. So I love that you shared that one so that our listeners can see for themselves how this business idea comes about and how does uh, how, how do we make it possible so i love that you share that oh great thanks all right now your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry and that resonates very well with a particular person of our listeners however they really like to know what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out i think it's so important uh to really have that compelling vision because um, for as amazing as uh, starting this business has been and being an entrepreneur, it's really challenging along the way. So without this vision, I think it's sometimes you know difficult. You can kind of lose your path. So my vision um, is really just a world where um, ethical, responsible volunteer travel can positively transform the lives of both volunteers and the local community. So I I believe that there's a way we can um, approach volunteerism in a really responsible way and through these uh, transformative trips positively impact people, Um, not only the volunteer because I think it's kind of obvious that that volunteer can go abroad, have a life-changing experience, come back, and the hope is that they come back more socially minded um, but also positively impact that local community. So have volunteers doing projects that really matter and contribute to you know, the overall development of, a, of an international project. So my vision, it's a very idealistic vision, but I, I truly believe, um, you know, without that as kind of a guiding um, light at the end of the tunnel for me, you know, it's, it's, it can be really challenging. So, um, but I, I, I truly believe it's possible. Yeah, truly it is. And I love that you shared it. What a compelling vision that you have, you know, positively impacting people through volunteerism. So it's all about uh, impacting people with what we are putting out there. And that's, that's one of what an inspiration that one is. And the takeaway here for our listeners is to really create something, create a vision for yourself or for your business that inspires you, you know, something that gives you direction, something that motivates you on a daily basis, because there are going to be challenges along the way. But if you know that you have something to look forward to, something that inspires you, that would help you weather the, the, the storms, weather the storms when it happens. So I love that you shared that one for our listeners. And I commend you for such a grand vision because I can see that in yourself. I can see that in what you're putting out there. And this is an area that we all can can help other people through doing this volunteerism that Catherine is doing. If that's your passion, if you have a passion for helping other people through this uh, genre, Catherine is really uh, uh, epitomizing that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. All right. Now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Oh, that's a good question. So if I had to pick three, I would say the first is probably... um, I'm a, a pretty good communicator, and I think that that would has helped me in so many aspects. So not just communicating my vision or you know what um, 
you know, addressing uh, the problem and really uh, crafting language to really communicate that to others. But beyond that, um, using my communication skills to build relationships. Um, at the end of the day, I, I ultimately believe that successful businesses uh, happen only through uh, the collaboration of, of individuals. So I've really tried to use my communication skills to meet other entrepreneurs, meet other social uh, people with social interests, other people that have started social ventures, other nonprofits, and really try to communicate my vision to them. And I think that it is it from someone that entered the industry, um, you know, without a lot of nonprofit experience, it's it's really helped me. Um, you know, kind of to grow the business. I think another is probably curiosity. Um, just asking, you know, seeing seeing a problem initially and trying to figure out why it's there, asking questions. You know, I spent my first few months when we returned home from our trip just asking questions, researching, meeting as many people as I could to try to learn as much as I can. And always just wondering why something is the way it is and how I can address that or make it better or fix it. Um, you know, I, I think it's important. A caveat to it is probably making sure to still stay on track with that curiosity. But I, I think it's important. Um, I found early on that um, some of my other friends that were um, or colleagues as small business owners found that that same trait really, really helps because um, you're, you're always kind of questioning the status quo to get better. Um, and I think a third trait would probably be um, just passion. As simple as it sounds, I'm sure almost every person that started a business is passionate about what they're doing because I think it's difficult to do, so you need that passion. But um, it's, it's um, you know, I don't think you most people just flippantly decide to, to, to become an entrepreneur. Um, I am ultimately truly, truly passionate about this business and about uh, making a positive impact. And I think that's um, with that passion that will kind of lead me to, to never get up, give up no matter um, what I kind of face along the way. So I think um, using communication, being really curious and just leveraging my, my passion, um, I think would probably be three, the three top uh, personal traits that helped me um, eventually launch Unearth the World. Well, good communication skills, curiosity, having passion, huge personal traits that uh, Catherine just shared with us. And the good news is that we all can cultivate or adapt these traits that uh, Catherine just shared and apply them in our lives in general. So having that great communication skills, and I truly believe in that I constantly hone my skills in being able to, to spread my message, to spread the vision that I have uh, for today's leading women, for example, and even for in our day-to-day -day lives, it's really important that we are able to communicate what we want, how we are able to help other people. So this is one skill that I truly believe that every one of us um, yeah, can learn from or can be good at or can, be, can even get better on a daily basis. So communication skills, curiosity, and passion. Let's all cultivate those for our, and apply them in our lives. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah. All right, now let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? 
Well, I think there's probably, there's many challenges uh, on a daily basis. I think that my biggest two challenges that are still, you know, they'll never go away, but, um, you know, always try to address them. One is, you know, starting um, an organization like Unearth the World with zero brand recognition and zero history. Um, I, I face a challenge of uh, gaining brand awareness and gaining credibility. Um, you know, individuals, it's not like I'm, you know, selling just a little tchotchke that someone can spend $5 on and, and, and see if it, you know, test if it works or not. Um, travelers and volunteers are tr- need to trust in me uh, that I'm going to, you know, first off, be really ethical about how we're going about volunteerism to place them in a really safe volunteer environment and really deliver on what I'm promising. And I think while I know in myself that um, that those aspects are there, I think it's difficult without, uh, you know, being with being a new company and without that that brand awareness or brand recognition. Um, to really earn that credibility. So that's always a challenge, I think, for a new business. Um, one thing that I found that has helped, uh, first of all, I know time overall will help, but I've, I've tried to create and just start small in, in Chicago where I'm based. And I've actually created a workshop uh, where individuals who are interested in volunteer travel come attend the workshop. You know, uh, there's no sales pitch for Unearth the World or anything like that. And it's more just educational, learning about the best uh, way to plan and execute a volunteer travel trip. And there's been some, you know, a lot of interest in just my local Chicago community. And it's been my way of just kind of educating. Um, and I found that it's also at the same time, you know, I initially did it just as a way of kind of spreading the knowledge that I gained on my trip. But um, it's really turned into a great way of, of building that credibility um, because people come and spend an hour, hour and a half with me and, and know that um, I'm genuine and, uh, you know, know what we're doing within this space. So that's really helped. But it's something that I think is still a daily struggle and something that time and continuing to do re- reaching out to individuals will, will help. Um, I think another challenge uh, for probably every entrepreneur is you realize really quickly where your individual weaknesses are. And, you know, many entrepreneurs, I think, start off with a with a team of people, you know, Mike and I happened to, we just started off with the two of us and I was really driving the business. Um, and so it's challenging. Whereas I had always worked for a large company where if I didn't know the answer, didn't know how to do something, I could reach out to a team of people who did and being on my own, I found it to be a little isolating at times, but I learned really quickly that I needed to identify where my weaknesses were and then reach out to people who, who kind of filled in those blanks, who knew how to do it where I didn't and could really help. And it's really helped me also feel, you know, not only that I'm, a, I'm still able to complete uh, a mission or a project, even if it's not my skill set um, through the help of an expert, but also helped to make me feel that I'm also a part of a team, even if sometimes I've been working on something by myself. So I think those are probably two of my ever going challenges and just a couple ways that I'm trying to address them as of now. Totally can relate to these challenges that you've shared, you know, especially when you're starting out, you know, getting known out there, 
gaining that credibility and uh, and also overcoming and uh, knowing what your weaknesses are and being able to reach out to people that can uh, that can um, complement us with the weakness that we have great uh, that you've shared that one and i'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to what you've experienced because this is one of especially for starting out this is one of the challenges that we have you know when we start our business we nobody knows us but it's one way of gaining credibility is to teach your expertise create uh, educate other people by creating awareness uh, through educating them providing these workshops that Catherine is doing for example because people will see you as an expert in that in that field when you are uh, teaching them when you when they see they see that you are authentic that you are you truly want to help them by educating them or making them aware of what it is that you are putting out there so that's one way of gaining credibility in your in your niche or in your in your areas so I love that you shared that one because I'm sure we all can learn from these lessons that you and the challenges that you have experienced. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. Now, let's just switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create a work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, this has been probably one of my biggest challenges, especially early on. I mean, when you start your business, you're so passionate about it. That's all you think about. It's impossible, or at least it really was early on, to shut it off. You know, I'd wake up thinking about it. I'd go to sleep thinking about it. It kind of infiltrates every part of your life, which is in some ways great because you hop out of bed in the morning and are really excited to do what you do. But I learned pretty quickly after even the first couple of months that it just wasn't sustainable. So for as much as I wanted to go at a million miles an hour, um, I knew that I needed to, you know, to your point, it's really important to maintain that work-life balance. But I also know that it's cyclical and I know that there are times where, you know, a weeks that may be so busy that that literally is all I'm eating and drinking and breathing. But um, I've really tried to do a couple things. So you mentioned health. And one thing, you know, in being an entrepreneur as of now, I can really create my own schedule. So I schedule uh, exercising at least four days a week as part of my calendar. So it is in there um, at a certain time. I, every Sunday night, I look at my calendar for the week and see where I can squeeze it in, even if it's just a half hour. And it's a huge stress reliever for me, as well as a way to maintain health. So I really try to prioritize that. Um, in terms of uh, relationships as well, I find that using kind of some of that communicating skills that I talked about earlier, making sure that everyone that's close to me knows um, what I'm going through and what I'm, I'm doing in trying to build the business. Um, I think uh, everyone has been so understanding that, I, you know, I might not be um, as good at keeping in touch as I always have been. But beyond that, I also have learned for me, who's very, I'm very schedule oriented, um, making sure that I, that I make a personal connection with a friend, pick up the phone, or um, schedule a time to grab drinks on, you know, on Friday night with some of my girlfriends um, has been, it makes me more energized and also is really important for my mental health to really 
continue to, um, to interact. So it's really just making it a priority, putting it in the calendar and sticking by it. Um, I've also really found, especially, um, early on where I'm still, you know, working out of a home office, um, having one area of the house that is dedicated to my work. So I have a desk. When I sit there, I'm working. I don't sit there unless I'm working. So um, it's nice because I can, I'm able to compartmentalize it a little bit more. And if I'm um, cooking in the kitchen, I'm not working because that's not my workspace. So that's, that's kind of helped me to separate it a little bit more. Um, but it's also realizing and, and being honest with myself that there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be times where I'll be able to have more of a balance and times that I won't, but um, just continue to, to work on it as much as possible. And it really, really helps in, in my personal scenario that my husband is um, involved in the business and one of the founders as well so that um, you know he understands, he gets it. He's just as passionate about it as I am. Um, but we've, we've had many conversations knowing that it's, you know, something that it can't be a 24 seven, um, part of our thought process. Otherwise, um, you know, you, you, you quickly burn out and know it's not sustainable. So really trying to just schedule those things, talk about it with people so they know where I'm coming from and, um, just constantly, you know, you have to make it a priority to have the balance. Um, otherwise it won't, won't happen. Well said. I love your perspective on this work-life balance and those tips that you've just shared. Huge takeaways. And I totally agree with you because sometimes I say work-life balance is a myth, especially for us entrepreneurs, because we are so driven and passionate with what we're doing that it's no longer work for us. But it's really important to make time for those that are important to you. So make those priorities, put them on calendar and stick with them. And whatever areas that are priority to you, your health example like what uh, Catherine just shared she schedules her workout activity four times a week puts up one in the calendar and stick with it because that's the main thing here to really stick with what it is that you're putting in your calendar and especially and also to communicate this with your family with the support system around you so that they know what they expect from you and what you can expect from them because that's really huge um, and then also to I like your idea about separating your workspace because that way you know that when you are on this uh this uh, table or this chair that you you know that you are on your work mode and then when you leave that you switch to not a work mode anymore so that's re- if that's helpful for you i recommend that you that you try that one on what Catherine just shared with us and um, for me as well it's really huge for me so that i separate i mean i just like uh, a corner of a room in your house if you're working at home knowing that when you enter that room you know that you are going to be on the work mode so that you can switch that as soon as you get out from it all and then you are spending time with your family for example or in your, for yourself except, uh, also when you are spending downtime for example because it's really important to really find that time to take care of ourselves whether that be working out eating healthy um, having that quiet time for yourself those are really important so I love that you share those tips because this is one area that I'm sure all of us or a lot of us struggle with all right now let's talk about what success mean to you and and uh, how do you measure success you know your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success 
flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Well, I love the fact that you, uh, you know, talked about monetary success, because I think that, um, especially in America, it's really how a lot of times we'll, we'll judge success. And obviously, it's, it's wonderful to be able to take care of your Self and your family by being financially successful. But there's one thing I, I did learn on our trip throughout the nine months is, you know, and especially in, develop, in visiting developing countries and regions of the world that uh, money is, is not as prevalent, but I met some of the happiest people. So I definitely agree with you that it's, it's not purely money that makes someone happy or successful. Um, for me, you know, on a, a really broad level, success within Unearth the World um, was reached from day one when we actually launched the business. Because to me, it's uh, not just saying you're going to do something, but actually doing it and doing it in a big way. And, um, you know, a lot of people have an amazing experience or a transformative time, whether it's traveling or maybe there's something else that happens in your life that, you know, inspires you to want to do something more. But, um, you know, it's difficult sometimes to take that next step and actually do it. So I'm thrilled, you know, and felt like a success just by doing that. But ultimately, um, there have to be some other success indicators. Otherwise, I would have just stopped then. Um, and I think there's two major things that um, I will say that Unearth the World is a success if we're able to positively impact individual volunteers and positively impact local communities in a, in a real way. Um, to, to impact our volunteers, we, um, you know, instead of just sending them abroad to a project, we, we have a pretty robust uh, training and education module system that they do, you know, leading in some self-reflection and things before they leave for their, for their trip. So, um, you're, you know, we're really getting inside their heads and really helping them to, to look at the world as kind of a global citizen. Then we're sending them on these awesome volunteer experiences. And when they come back, instead of just, you know, so many times, even going on a normal vacation, you're super relaxed on the beach and then you get home. And the second you download all your emails, you're instantly stressed again. The same thing can happen on these volunteerism trips. You're so inspired and changed on the trip. And then you come home and and kind of normal life gets in the way and it can be challenging. So we provide coaching to our volunteers when they return home to help them to kind of crystallize the transformation that took place and incorporate it in their lives. So we measure then, um, you know, the uh, impact that these trips have on our volunteers by kind of what they do and how involved they stay when they return home, how many volunteers we actually impact and affect, whether it be through one of my workshops and or sending on our trips. So we not only measure the number of volunteers, but then also the results of how it impacts their lives. And then in looking at um, another measurement of success for me is, is positively impacting the local communities that we work. So currently we have partners in Ghana and Zambia. Um, you know, the, the projects there, we 
conducted a needs assessment with them before we even worked with them, where they told us what their needs were and how volunteers kind of fit into that to that goal. Um, so we're we're actively kind of working on the exact metrics of of how we're going to really measure that. Um, but at the end of the day, when I asked them, you know, are you better off today than you were before we started working together? And the answer is yes. That is hugely uh, gratifying for me. And, um, you know, we'll continue to work towards really measuring, um, you know, the growth of these these international projects as well so that we know that we're successfully impacting, you know, them as well as the as the volunteer. So um, there's probably a million more ways that I can measure success. But ultimately, to me, those are the two most important. So that's creating great experiences and impacting other people's lives. Wow, I love that uh, perspective that you have on success and the benchmarks that you shared with, with us. Because I truly believe that what's really gratifying is that knowing that what we're putting out there is making a difference in other people's lives, be that with your volunteers, be that in the local community that you are doing this volunteerism. So thank you for sharing this because that's a huge uh, lesson, especially for our listeners out there, to ask yourself or challenge yourself and ask about this question about what success means to you. And more often, it won't be the dollar sign that makes you happy. You will be knowing that what you're putting out there or what is that you are putting out or the value you're providing out there is making someone else's life easier or better and that you know that you are impacting on a grander scale. So I love that you share that. Before we get to the highlight of our show, let's thank our sponsor. Podcast Your Passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day here at Today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Now, Catherine, I'd love for you to talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success, or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Great question. It's hard to get it down to three, but I would say um, number one, and I you know, have talked about passion a lot, um, and it, I know it can, that word can be thrown around very easily, but I think ultimately do what you love and build a business around um, fixing a problem, um, but make sure that whatever the business is, that you're you're loving it and that you're passionate about it. Um, starting a business from the ground up is way too difficult to do if you don't have that personal investment and passion. And on top of that, you're going to enjoy it, which is um, pretty amazing, especially because I never really knew what it meant to really enjoy work, you know, what you're doing on a day to day before, before I, um, had started my own, you know, company. So I think number one is do what you love. Um, number two, I would say reach out, um, in so many ways, communicate, network, reach out to, if you're considering starting a business, but are nervous about it, reach out to other people who have started businesses reach out to people that are in that industry. 
learn from them. And the more you talk about what your ideas are um, and speak with other like-minded people or other entrepreneurs, um, so many things happen. And it wasn't until, you know, Mike and I really started talking about it. And then I, you know, spent several months just meeting other people that have done similar things, talking to as many people as I could that I got, you know, I think the confidence and it just solidified my excitement. And, um, you know, I think being an entrepreneur can, can at times be, um, a little bit isolating if you let it happen, you know, you're starting something, you're the solo person on a vision. Maybe you have a small team around you and coming from a big company before, um, it was quite a change for me. So by reaching out, I gained excitement, I gained confidence, I gained advice, and I also gained um, other people that are kind of in it with you. So I think that that has really helped me. Um, and then I think the third is um, stay open-minded. Um, so obviously, before you, so do what you love was my first. So that's kind of before you start a company. Reach out, that's during the process of starting it. But then being open-minded to changing your your structure of the business. Sometimes the idea that you come in um, is not the idea that will end up being the most successful. And I think what I've seen some other people happen to other people, and um, I've you know been in danger of having it happen to me at times. Is I'm so passionate and so excited about my idea that. I don't see an obvious way of kind of pivoting it into something that might make even more sense. So when you're reaching out, listen to people, listen to what you're hearing is the market is needing. And it may mean modifying um, something from your initial vision or your initial um, idea. And, and that's okay. And I think it's actually the most successful people. Um, you know, at first I'd be like, no, this is my idea. But I realized the most, I think, successful entrepreneurs are able to realize when, um, you know, their first idea may be great, but an, uh, a second idea or a way of modifying that idea may be even better. So I think that just being really open-minded to changing, changing certain things or modifying certain things within your business. Wow, great tips there with what you've just shared that we all can learn from. So let me just summarize those again um, for our listeners. So first is to do what you love and build a business around solving a problem that you are passionate about and to reach out and communicate or and network. It's really, that's really huge. And the third one is to stay open-minded, be open to changing or to modifying if it's needed. Love those takeaways that you've just shared that our listeners can learn from. Now, what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way you do business? Well, it's not uh, super uh, unique, but um, I've recently implemented, or I guess pretty early on in the, in the business, implemented Google Analytics um, to our website. And it has just drastically cut down on a lot of um, time. It's taken a lot of question marks out. Um, it's a, just a tool that basically measures um, who's checking out your site, their demographic, where they're coming from, how many pages they click through, how long they typically spend on your site. Um, and it's really helped me to, to learn about um, how, to, how to attract customers, who my market really is, um, what is interesting to them, and what um, doesn't really draw much attention. And I think you know, especially even as we continue to grow, um, it's such a useful tool and it's free. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. 
um, that this kind of tool is is free. And you know, I think every business um, or most businesses implement um, something of this nature. But um, I, I didn't come from a tech background. Um, you know, in fact, my friends used to make fun of me that I didn't even know how to you know sign on to Twitter or Facebook. And now you know, I've had to learn to really utilize these for the better. And so I think for me, having this implemented on our website has really, really just helped me look at my business in a different way and gauge a lot of information that I wouldn't have had. Yes, Google Analytics. And for our listeners out there, I'll make sure that this is going to be on our show notes as a resource. Now, entrepreneurs are wide readers. Can you recommend a book or two that our listeners can get that will help them grow personally and professionally? That's a great question. In fact, I'll have to listen to previous podcasts so that I can hear some of the other entrepreneurs' recommendations because um, mine is going to be fairly obvious and not super original, but something that really did help me, and that's The Lean Startup uh, by Eric Rise. It's great uh, because I think, at least for me, uh, going from just an idea into actually forming a business seemed so overwhelming and uh the book was really able to kind of lays out lay out um ideas and steps and ways of thinking about starting a business that uh seemed to simplify it a little bit so um also you know um kind of takes a different approach to a startup um than than in the past and really focuses on you know instead of drawing up a, a huge beta test model it takes a year and then learning about all the ways that it fails. It's really guessing and checking things along the way, really being able to modify as you go. Um, and I just, it's really helped uh, me kind of structure how I approach, how I approach business. But um, I would love to hear, and like I said, I'm going to have to go back and, and reference some of the other suggestions because I'm always trying to get my hands on, on valuable resources as well. Yes, and that's The Lean Startup by Eric Rice. A really great book, really great resource. And yes, there had been a lot of great recommendations for every woman and uh, entrepreneur that had been on the show or on today's leading women. So I'll definitely, yeah, I'll, you gave me an idea to probably put this one as a, as a resource that the top you know, top, top books that are recommended on the show. Because yes, I learned from, from each one of you as well. I usually take note of the title of the book, if I've read it or not. And then I make it a point to read the book because we can all learn from each other. We can all learn from these recommendations that, uh, example, uh, with you and the rest of the, sh- the guests on our show. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll definitely take a look at it. Yes, I'll, I'll work on that. And because we love you here at Today's Leading Women, you can now get a free audio download of this book or your favorite one at Audible by going to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Audible. Now, last but not the least, Catherine, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it and what's the best way that they can connect with you and then we'll end from there. Perfect. I think the biggest, uh, you know, overall, the, the largest benefit someone could have from taking a, a volunteer trip uh, through Unearth World is literally that they can experience the transformative power of travel. I, um, you know, was a woman that had worked for years, really felt that I had my values pretty set, and I, I really felt like my personality was pretty set, and all of those things didn't change. And yet I felt that I really uh, became a better person, uh, got better at my work. I came home with an expanded worldview. 
better relationships, more, you know, philanthropically minded. And I think that um, these are things that even research shows that that individuals that that do volunteer travel trips uh, come home with with all of these benefits. But with Unearth the World, the great thing is we, you know, support you from the beginning with education, actually place you on a trip and then really, really give you some coaching when you come home. So um, just the opportunity to have this kind of once in a lifetime um, trip, um, I think is the, the biggest benefit by far for, for individuals. And, um, you know, even if Unearth the World doesn't have um, a project that is the best fit for you. I, I still just love talking to other women or, or men for that matter, anyone who is interested in not only travel, but giving back because, um, it inspires me and, and chances are, even if I don't have a project for you, I can point you in a great direction. So, um, I, I think you had mentioned to, to kind of give some of the listeners, uh, ways of getting in touch. And, um, you know, there's so many, my probably best is, is via email, um, and that would just be, you know, my first name, Catherine.pisco at gmail.com. Um, we have a website, um, www.unearththeworld.com. Um, at Unearth the World is our Twitter handle. We have a Facebook page. We also have a, a travel blog from our year of, uh, of during our career break. And that's just travelblog.unearththeworld.com. So many, many ways, but um, either way, even if uh, you don't think that we have a good project for you, I I love to talk travel. I love to talk volunteer travel. So I I hope to hear from some of you and just, you know, really appreciate the opportunity to to share my story with you today. And that's unearththeworld.com. Or you can email her at katherine.pisco at gmail.com. And I highly encourage you, our listeners, to check her website. Check what she's putting out there and how you can be, if you want to be involved with, with the, the cost that she's doing, this volunteerism. So that link again is unearththeworld.com. And by the way, all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic shown us at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Catherine Pisco or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. Catherine, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much. It's been it's been wonderful, and I, I hope to connect with, with many of the women of the world and uh, just really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as 
TLW Fun of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite Today's Leading Woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.